Hello, everybody, and welcome into episode number 150 of the Bible 2021 podcast. We are reading the 12th chapter of Romans today, and our focus is on how we can have a transformed thinking that is godly, not worldly. So thanks, everybody, for joining us. Our goal is to encourage and equip you to listen to and read and follow the Word of God every day. And we do that by reading and considering and thinking about one chapter of the Bible each day. Five days a week we're in the New Testament. Two days a week we're in the Old Testament. We have a website, Bible2021.com. Please check it out. And please tell your friends and neighbors about the show. They can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or pretty much anywhere People get podcasts these days like Spotify, etc. Well, today's chapter features one of my very favorite verses of all time, and it simply must be our verse of the day. Romans 12, verse 2, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. No, it's not one of my favorite verses because it reminds me of the toy cartoon and movie series called Transformers, but I will sheepishly admit that I honestly can't read this verse without thinking a tiny, tiny bit about Optimus Prime, Megatron, Starscream, Bumblebee, and all the other Transformers. But I only think about those things for a millisecond because, man, this is such a good passage and it is such a needed reminder for those of us in 2021 who are being faced with more and more infiltration of worldly things into the church. According to God's word, there's great danger in worldliness or conforming to this age, or to put it quite simply, acting like everybody else is acting, liking what they like, dressing how they dress, watching what they watch, celebrating what they celebrate, valuing what they value, and having the ethics and morals of the society that's around us. And Yet God's word here in many places calls us far away from being worldly in our values, actions, and habits. Passages like James 4.4 couldn't make it any clearer. James writes, You adulterous people, don't you know that friendship with the world is hostility toward God? So whoever wants to be the friend of the world becomes the enemy of God. So how can we not be worldly? and avoid conforming to the ways of the world. Well, let me ask it to you this way. Think about your thought life. Tell me about your thought life. How pure is it? Now, people, and this happens all the time, people often apologize to me when they slip up and swear around me and act like I might be besmirched by such language because I'm a preacher. Well, the truth of the matter is that for a long time, I used to swear like a filthy sailor and actually probably took pride in my ability to swear. Sometimes I still swear in my thoughts, and sometimes over the years, mostly when I'm alone, some bad things can still come come out of my mouth. Now, I can think of times, one time I was hiking up a very steep hill in Birmingham. It was very dry and gravelly, and my feet just fell out from under me, and I fell flat on the ground so fast. It knocked the wind out of me. I'm pretty sure I might have uttered an epithet or two at that time. Maybe the worst, maybe the angriest I've ever been in my life. I still vividly remember it. It's been like 15 years. I was trying to attach a dryer vent hose at our house 
to uh, a worn-down receptacle in the wall where it went. But the receptacle, I don't even know the proper terms for it. You can tell I'm not a handyman. The receptacle was worn down and warped, and I worked for so long to get that dryer hose to attach. And I remember pounding the wall in frustration and shouting out some uh, ungodly kind of words. My thoughts are not always Christ-honoring, and they're sometimes scary. Well, early church fathers, even monks, wrestled with these kind of thoughts too. Impure thoughts, bad words, bad, wrong emotions, evil desires, or whatever. They called them logismoi, which is a Greek word that means false thoughts and desires that carry us into kind of a sinful place of darkness and hopelessness. John Ortberg notes that these logismoi are like sort of the opposite of Scripture, the infernal counterparts to Scripture. They don't equip us for good works, they equip us for bad works. John Climacus, who was a Christian monk that lived in the 500s AD, like 550 AD or something like that, he called these kind of thoughts maggot eggs, and he said that they can grow and thrive in the warm dung of our sinful nature. Don't you just love colorful language? What do we do about such things? How can we kind of run away from those legismoi, those maggot egg kind of thoughts that cause us to want to conform more to the world? How can we become more Christ-like? How is the image of God more formed in us? And I think the way to obey what Paul is calling us to today, to not be conformed to the world, but to be transformed is by turning to Holy Spirit-soaked encounters with God's Word. So the Holy Spirit, according to John 16, 13, says uh, He leads us or guides us into all truth. So the Holy Spirit is an important component, an important person an important central focus of Bible study because the Holy Spirit, as we get in the Word, He applies the truth to our life and transforms us with the Word. There was a guy in Germany many years ago named Dietrich Bonhoeffer who was a pastor and somebody who lived his life meditating on God's Word. And he said, therefore, it's never sufficient simply to have read God's Word. It must penetrate deep within us, dwell in us, like the Holy of Holies in the sanctuary, so that we don't sin in thought, word, or deed. He knew the power of the Word to transform. Now, Bonhoeffer is an interesting character if you look at him in history. He lived during the rising of Hitler in Nazi Germany. And as a pastor, when he looked around and saw some of the other pastors in Germany supporting the Nazis, he and a group of biblically faithful pastors opposed everything about the Nazis. In fact, it got Bonhoeffer thrown in jail under a death sentence. And um, I can say that Bonhoeffer's years of meditating on Scripture probably benefited in him in his final years and months and days in prison. Even when he knew he would be executed, he continued to live a life that was characterized by joy and peace. Bonhoeffer's outlook was witnessed by a British officer named Captain Payne Best, 
and uh, Best was captured by the Germans early in 1939. They were prisoners in the same uh, German prison during Bonhoeffer's final weeks before he was executed. Best wrote about Bonhoeffer that he was all humility and sweetness. He always seemed to diffuse an atmosphere of happiness, of joy in the very smallest event in life, and a deep gratitude for the mere fact that he was alive. He was one of the very few men, says Captain Best, I have ever met to whom his God was real and ever close to him. In a letter, a different letter to Bonhoeffer's family, Captain Best wrote that Bonhoeffer was different from the other prisoners. He was just quite calm and normal, seemingly perfectly at ease. His soul really shone in the dark desperation of our prison. Well, Bonhoeffer's life and thoughts and habits were not conformed to the ways of the world. They were transformed by his constant intake of scripture and his meditation on God's supernatural word. You and I will also be gloriously transformed by God's word in this way. Well, speaking of that, let's read our passage for the day. This is Romans chapter 12, verse 1 in the Christian Standard Bible. Therefore, brothers and sisters, in view of the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true worship. Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. For by the grace given me, I tell everyone among you not to think of himself more highly than he should think. Instead, think sensibly as God has distributed a measure of faith to each one. Now, as we have many parts in one body and all the parts do not have the same function, in the same way we who are many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another. According to the faith given to us, we have different gifts. If prophecy, use it according to the proportion of one's faith. If service, use it in service. If teaching and teaching, if exhorting and exhortation, giving with generosity, leading with diligence, showing mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without hypocrisy. Detest evil. Cling to what is good. Love one another deeply as brothers and sisters. Take the lead in honoring one another. Do not lack diligence and zeal. Be fervent in the spirit. Serve the Lord. Rejoice in hope. Be patient in affliction. Be persistent in prayer. Share with the saints in their needs. Pursue hospitality. Bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with those who rejoice. Weep with those who weep. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud. Instead, associate with the humble. Do not be wise in your own estimation. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Give careful thought to what is honorable in everyone's eyes, if possible. As far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. Friends, do not avenge yourselves. Instead, leave room for God's wrath because it is written, Vengeance belongs to me. I will repay, says the Lord. But if your enemy is hungry, feed him. If he is thirsty, give him something to drink. For in so doing, you will be heaping fiery coals on his head. Do not be conquered by evil, but conquer evil with good. Amen. Well, one more bit of scripture reading. We'll close out the show with our verse of the month from Matthew 28, 18 through 20. Jesus came near and said to them, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe everything I have commanded you. And remember, I am with you always to the end of the age. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for that great promise. Good Sunday to you, my friends, and Godspeed.